Hello and welcome to our continuing APW Property podcast series, which peels back the curtains, throws open the windows and brings some light and fresh spring air into the musty interiors of the UK housing market. With me today, spreading this seasonal fragrance, are APW soothsayers, Stuart and Callum Williamson. Uh, hi, Stuart. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Callum. Hi, Paul. Uh, as regular listeners will know, APW advises expats and others located around the world on their prospective property purchases in the UK. The APW team puts out a broad range of free knowledge across a number of channels. There is a weekly market briefing on YouTube called Market Wrap by Stuart. Uh, there are articles on LinkedIn, newsletters by email and free downloadable booklets on the APW website. But here in this podcast, it's some blokes uh, just talking, really, I'm afraid. Uh, we'll make up for this deficiency with today's topic. Uh, today's episode is a city watch. And if you want to know where we're heading, uh, well, there's this. Go west. Uh, that's my very bad impression of village people. Uh, we're heading west to the city of Bristol. Uh, inimitable sound of the village people from 1979. Stuart, didn't you turn down a slot in the band? Uh, I was offered the lead singer's role because my moustache I had at the time. But turned it down because uh, for the sake of property investors. Yeah, you've certainly got the shirts for uh, uh, for an appearance in the band anyway. Uh, Callum, uh, as usual, we'll begin with you. Uh, where is Bristol? Bristol, okay, good question. Uh, it's a city, a ceremonial county and unitary authority, which sits on the River Avon, 117.7 miles to the west of London. Okay, and Stuart, why Bristol? Well, my, my own experience of Bristol has been that not only is it a great life, great nightlife, it's got two good football teams and a great rugby team. Uh, it's a centre for aeronautics. It's got one of, it's one of the top eleven core cities. It's consistently been voted a great place to live. Clifton Bridge is wonderful. Uh, it's Europe's first ever green capital in two thousand and fifteen. It's fantastic if you go down White Lady Street on a Saturday night. It's a fantastic place to be. It's diverse. It's architecturally rich. Youthful, even though I've been there, dynamic, and it's got one of the highest growth businesses outside the capital. I think it's one of the top three, including Cambridge and Oxford. So it's very um, good location. Uh, sounds good. Um, it also, in its history, uh, played a big role on the Atlantic slave trade, which is part of why it's so architecturally uh, opulent. More of that later, but let's sprinkle some fun facts about Bristol. Um, I'm going to start with that. Bristol is the world's biggest manufacturer of hot air balloons. Uh, the hot air balloon is a classic symbol of Bristol. Cameron Balloons in Bedminster makes the most hot air balloons out of anywhere in the world. Uh, and it, Bristol even has its own festival to celebrate them. Mm, okay. It was home of the pirate Blackbeard. According to my research, legendary pirate Blackbeard, otherwise known as Edward Teach, called Bristol his home. He had a hideout in Red, Redcliffe Caves, and the home of his birth, birth still stands on the harbour side. And um, I think I remember reading somewhere, isn't that why, or maybe something separate, perhaps the first pirate film had a Cornish or Bristolian actor in it, which is now why all pirates have you know, Cornish accents. Oh, that's true. They could only get, a, only get a, a, a Bristolian actor to actually do it. And he was, all right, my son, let's do it. And after that, oh, me all, all pirates came from Bristol. Yeah, um, but, but Blackbeard actually does come from Bristol, so that's, maybe there's some truth to it. Did they drink Ribena, which was invented in Long Ashton? Uh, it's a popular blackcurrant-flavoured soft drink, was invented by a University of Bristol scientist in 1933. 
crazy. But I know one thing I'm thinking about is that they've got their own currency. Okay, they set up the Bristol Pound in 2012, designed to keep money in the local economy. Did very well, and people still use it now. The Bristol Pound. Okay, well, here's a good one. Who was who was on the Bristol Pound? Was it Darth Vader? Because Darth Vader is a Bristolian. David Prowse, as he's known, uh, or the actor, was an English bodybuilder and actor best known as portraying the physical form of Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, I didn't the know chocolate that. Easter egg was invented in Bristol. <laughs> okay. Okay. The HMV dog is from Bristol. Nipper the dog was born in Bristol in 1884 and serves as a model for a painting by Francis Barrow titled His Master's Voice. Okay. Uh, it's also the ho- the home of Wallace and Gromit, explains a lot, Chicken Run and Pirates, all movies, not Pirates as in Blackbeard the Pirate. Aardman animations are based in Bristol and created well-loved classics, including Wallace Gromit, Chicken Man, and Pirates. Uh, yeah, so um, n- more media was obviously uh, the nature documentaries. 25% of the world's nature documentaries are produced in Bristol. Uh, that was the Bristol um, nature unit was uh, responsible for that, and now it's mushroomed with lots of other companies doing the same in and around Bristol, or travelling the world and then filming them. And when you say nature, do you mean actually, you know, wildlife, or are you talking about nudist films? Uh, no, the Naturist uh, documentary website is something that you have on your <laughs> own browsing history, Stuart. <laughs> it's gone down White Ladies uh, Avenue, or Street Avenue, I think, on a good Saturday night, then you might well have seen quite a few Naturist examination going on because it was truly a fantastic night out. But anyway, I digress. It has its own leaning tower, of course. One degree less than the leaning tower of Pisa at 2.7 degrees. It's the Temple Church. Okay, well, let's have a quick sprint through some key parts of Bristol history to give today's City Watch a bit of context. Bristol, or Brigstow, as it was once called, literally the meeting place at the bridge in Old Saxon. Uh, Iron Age hill forts and Roman villas were built near the confluence of the River Frome and the River Avon. And because of its position on the river, it could trade across the Irish Sea. Uh, It grew to be an important town. As a major port, it grew wealthy and it was also the place to explore the New World. John Cabo, a Venetian, set sail from there to discover Newfoundland. Uh, That was in 1497. Wine was a major import to Bristol, along with rope, sailcloth, lead and wool. Uh, A little quirk I was reading was that the phrase shipshape and Bristol fashion uh, was because the harbour at Bristol had the second highest tidal range in the world. Uh, I won't bore you with the details. Anyway, uh, ships would come up river and then run aground at low tide. Uh, If the cargo wasn't stored properly, it would all fall off the shelves. And also the construction for loaded ships to rest on the ground had to be stronger and sturdier. So hence ship shape and Bristol fashion. Uh, But Bristol's connection to the North Atlantic also brought with it a more troubling history with its involvement in the slave trade. At the peak of the trade, between 1700 and 1807, more than 200 ships carried over half a million slaves to America, plying the brutal triangular trade route, taking goods like rum and textiles to Africa to exchange with the slaves they took to America and returning with tobacco, sugar and cotton. Uh, Prosperity brought population growth, which went from 25,000 in 1700 to almost 70,000 in 1800, and then over a quarter of a million by 1880. Surrounding villages were absorbed, such as Clifton in 1835, 
and the famous Clifton Suspension Bridge designed by engineer Isenbarg Kingdom Brunel after a competition. The bridge took 33 years to build and is now Grade 1 listed and was described as the ornament of Bristol and the wonder of the age. Fresh wonders of the age were built in Bristol with Concord, the transatlantic passenger jet that allowed you to arrive in New York earlier than you had left Heathrow. Uh, that's because of a time zone quirk rather than any um, Harry Potter magic there. Aviation and engineering are still very much themes of today's Bristol, as we will discover as we take our regular piece of pie. P.I.E. Population, Infrastructure and Employment. Uh, Callum, take us through the population stats. Uh, Callum, uh, take us through the population stats. Yes, I will. Uh, I will happily do that. And, you know, one of the reasons we look at population, again, just to sort of uh, harp on about it, is the, the pie, population, infrastructure, employment. If you've got those things, then generally somewhere's going to be a good location to buy property. So uh, the population of Bristol, uh, taken from the 2021 census, estimate, uh, estimate was um, 470,000, uh, which is over 10% growth since 2011. So it's uh, sort of, say, half a million and it's growing. It's the 11th largest local authority in the UK. As we already mentioned, very diverse population. 22% of people non-white. It's a young population, 30%, 34% under uh, 25. So similar to, to Nottingham that we were looking at the other day, a young sort of vibrant population. And 48, half of them uh, well-educated to degree level. You know, there's a couple of universities there, University of Bristol, UE, um, 60,000 students split roughly uh, between those two unis, um, which are ranked 62nd in the world, and UE or University of West England, which is 21st. So good quality unis. Almost half of those people stay on um, after graduation. So you've got a good sort of well-educated population of young people looking to rent their first properties. And what's expected to happen to population expected to grow by 15% uh, or so over the next 25 years or the 25 year period, even from 2018 through to 2043, uh, up to around 530,000 people. Uh, thanks, Callum. I'll do infrastructure. And I thought I would use the video that I found on Visit Bristol as my guide. Uh, it has pictures and graphics captions over it, and it's quite comprehensive. Uh, but the problem is this is... Um, uh, radio audio only so uh, what i'm going to do is i'm going to play the video and do the captions as a voiceover and try and describe to you the pictures uh while we go uh, so i'm just going to click on the link here two cities 12 minutes apart one region you can't miss and then there's a picture of buildings bath there's a big church at a bath and there's a man with a top hat and then there's people shopping well-being destination uh, welcome to Milsom Street. There's a woman in a wine shop. There's some cheese, people eating cheese. A double UNESCO accredited. Uh, a picture of Roman baths. There's the cathedral again. Uh, and some horses running. And uh, people. Uh, and now we're at Bristol. Uh, a picture of the river. There's people eating a nice bit of steak. Award winning attractions. A picture of a boat. There's someone surfing on the inland lake. A wildlife park. Um, uh, there's a bear. A picture of a bear. Unmissable events. Uh, people watching cricket and just scoring. And there's some balloons, uh, hot air balloons, and Bristol large crowd watching the hot air balloon going up. Someone doing a somersault on a jet ski. Um, people at a rock concert uh, dancing up and down. Uh, cutting edge culture. The wild, uh, easy access. Just 85 minutes from central London by train. 
Bristol Airport. It's over 110 connections, including major hub airports, great road links. As pitch of a bus, perfect as a hub and spoke destination. On your doorstep, South Gloucestershire and South Cotswold countryside, 30 minutes from Clevedon, Portishead and Western Supermare. Under an hour from Glastonbury, Cheddar and Wells. 50 minutes from Cardiff and South Wales. And there's a picture of someone looking at a building. In 90 minutes via road or rail to Stonehenge. And there's a picture of Stonehenge. Amazing accommodation. Uh, nice pictures of interiors, buildings, old buildings, lovely stone. Someone having a massage, a bit random. Someone lying by a swimming pool. And more pictures of lots of buildings, housing, uh, lots of edited. Oh, and there's the Clifton Suspension Bridge. Bath and Bristol. Uh, so that was um, the video website. Uh, but it's probably easier. I would recommend, actually, if you really wanted to find out what was going on, that you actually just go to visitwest.co.uk slash trade and watch the video yourself. Um, inside the city, there's been a big investment going on, £800 million invested in transport and infrastructure since 2020. This has been spent on a Metrobus rapid transport network connecting the city to the northern fringe as well as South Bristol. There's a Metro West suburban rail scheme with some better cross-city services and they're improving the cycle infrastructure and better links to the Temple Quarter Enterprise Zone. So, uh, a lot happening. Stuart, uh, what about employment? So, Stuart, uh, what about employment? Employment, uh, well, as I already said, it's a big creative hub because it makes over 25% of the, of the world's naturist documentaries. Oh, sorry, nature documentaries. Uh, BBC Bristol has a national history unit, which has grown massively as the streamers try to get nature content to rival Attenborough's Blue Planet going. And a whole load of other companies have clustered around the same. You can go onto The Guardian, a media report, and see what that's all about. But basically what people like Aardman, and that's not Hardman with no H, that's Aardman, as in Aardvark, makers of Wallace and Gromit, Shaun of the Sheep, and Chicken Run, they're in Bristol. So the North City, you've got a big home to a cluster of engineering, aviation, and technology firms. 45,000 people work in high-tech, Rolls-Royce, GKN, Airbus, so on and so forth. And the MOD presence as well at a teaching hospital in Southmead. You've got Silicon Gorge, that's a new one, which is a triangle of tech expertise in Bristol, Swindon, and Gloucester. I'm not sure if that rivals the Cheddar Gorge, but it seems to be in the right sort of situation. Bristol's model, modern economy is built on creative media, technology, electronics, and aerospace industries. From Airbus to Bristol VR Lab, from the BBC to the Science and Tech Hub, Future Space, Bristol claims to have high ambitions and the drive to deliver. Boasts, boasts England's strongest digital media supply chain outside London. Bristol is a buzzing incubator for startups and new enterprise. Named the best business incubator in the world by UBI Capital, Bristol's Set Squared has helped over 2,500 UK startups. Employment growth on the back of this is set to be strong with a predicted 8% in the next 10 years, according to Savile's report on the city quoted Oxford Economics as their source. Okay, well, lots of other things going for it as a city. It's got over 400 parks. Uh, it's got an inland surf lake. Uh, the Wild Place Project is going to be the new home for the Bristol Zoo. Uh, there's plenty of shopping, a massive tourism sector. Uh, what about housing, Callum? 
Housing, okay, it's a very strong property market uh, according to data released by Halifax. The average value of houses across the city experienced some of the highest growth in the UK over the past uh, past year. Bristol property prices have increased by 14.8% on average in the 12 months to November 2022. Uh, in cash terms, this equates to just over £50,000, bringing the average house price in the city to £394,000. Uh, this puts equal uh, Bristol equal ninth with Cambridge, where the typical home costs £531,000, uh, and an increase of 146 correlates to a uh, £68,000 rise. Uh, what was driving this? I think perhaps you know Bristol was doing well for quite a while as people were sort of moving out of London or looking for places, cheaper places to live and commute. Uh, the race for space improved this and increased this as more and more people, I think, realised they could sort of live in Bristol and work elsewhere. But uh, with the race for, for space receding now, it's sort of taken some of the, the punch out of those um, house price increases. Yields, uh, Stuart, do you know anything about the yields in Bristol? Yeah, I mean, we've, we do a lot of... Uh, HMOs in Bristol, Houses of Multiple Occupancy, uh, where basically we buy older properties and do buy, renovate, remortgage, rent out. And the yields on those are always strong because you, you're adding value to it. But then if you look at the two and three bed housing market, that's uh, flats, I've done quite a lot of research on that. And you, know, you can pay a million pounds for a three bed flat in Clifton, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, and down in... Um, fish ponds even up to close to 250 for a two-bed flat so the yields on those sort of things are less but very good at uh, the brrr basis and that's what we look at bristol for okay um areas to look at uh, well there's big development happening in the north uh filton airfield called brabazon again it's a new development so you got to watch out for your yields on it a new park's been built up there which is jolly nice the social club's in an old hangar as well as 17,000-seat venue in another hangar, putting Bristol on the global tour circuit. This centers a lot of planned developments. You've got Finzel's Reach, which has got to be by the river, because all those things with reach in their names always are, which includes 440 new apartments, 240,000 square foot of office space, including two grade A office buildings, the Aurora and the Bridgewater, uh, a Premier Inn, a host of cafes, restaurants, microbrewery across 30,000 square feet of space, uh, including Finzel's Reach Market, the left handed giant, Spicer and Cole, Bocabar, and Le Vignube. I don't know how you pronounce that. You can probably do that, Paul, better than I with your French background. The, um, Le Vignoble. Le Vignoble. Le Vignoble. <laughs> there you go, perfect. The speaking clock is now saying zero. The second phase of Finzel's Reach on the former fire station site is currently under construction and it covers nearly 300 homes, 231 built to rent. That's what I was going to say is the whole point is a lot of this is built to rent, which seems to be a big focus, perhaps something we should talk about in the future, of build to rent being the big thing because that's where the big pension funds and the big um, venture capitalists are coming in, buying these developments and turning it into because it's such a shortage of buy to let. And so you've got build to rent and you've got affordable housing. And then you've got the Halo building, which is one of the most environmentally friendly office buildings in the whole country. You also have Crystal Park View, 
which we then have the tallest building in Bristol at 98 metres, not that big, looming over the southeast corner of Castle Park, uh, a 26-storey residential tower, where house 375 flats, one and two-bedroom private properties, of which 75 are affordable homes. Primworks is a four-star hotel. Robinson Dayside, you've got 400 built-to-rent flats. We've got that built-to-rent thing again. Box Hall has a new waterfront food hall set up, set to open this summer. There's a new office development at One Passage Street. It just goes on and on. You can't get much better than this. Another potential Castle Park and the Soapworks is being developed near Temple Meads. And there's a lot more laid out in Bristol's updated One City Plan. Uh, this is the foreword from Mayor Marvin Rees. Our vision for Bristol is one of hope, aspiration and inclusion. To achieve this, we must ensure the prosperity of the city is accessible to everyone. Bristol's first smart city strategy, Connecting Bristol, sets out our ambitions to deliver the digital foundations the city needs to realise this vision. This strategy represents the next phase of our innovation journey to support Bristol to develop world-class infrastructure so that the whole city is digitally enabled and well-connected. It will shape Bristol's transformation into a fair and inclusive city where everyone can benefit from, participate in and contribute to the social and economic benefits of digital technology and build on Bristol's history of innovation. And there's loads of information at bristol.gov.uk. Final thoughts? Um, I think Bristol's a lovely place. As I said, I'm a great fan of it. Be careful what you buy because there is some not so great stuff and it's some great stuff. That's great. So thank you very much. It's goodbye from me. Hey, can I give some final thoughts before we go? Go for it. (laughs) Podcast. We've got a new podcast email address. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to send in some FAQs, if you want your questions answered or you've got a topic you'd like us to talk about, then please email them to podcast at apwproperty.co.uk and um, we'll sift through the many thousands and we'll pick a few out. So uh, thank you very much. That's it for today. Email in any questions if you have anything you want us to answer on the podcast. Join us again next Monday, though, for another entertaining and informative podcast. Until then, it's goodbye from Callum. Thanks very much, Paul. Uh, Thanks for having us and see you next time. Goodbye from Stuart. Thank you, Paul. And it's goodbye from me. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.